dwelling in the darkest depths of the mind. It's time for Mark D. Valenti and Brain Burrow. Hello, everyone. This is Mark D. Valenti, and this is Brain Burrow. This is one of our Digging Deep sessions where we have an opportunity to connect with our guest, where they will have an opportunity to talk more about their motivations, their struggles, their triumphs, and any recommendations they have for you out there as the listener and viewer. So I'm very pleased to mention that our guest today is Dylan Harvey. And I worked with Dylan before on the Backwoods Bubba film, but I really don't know that much about her. So it's an opportunity for me and you to learn more about Dylan Harvey. So with that, I will turn it over to her by asking the big question, who is Dylan Harvey? Just a woman that wants to act, I guess. <laughs> what sounds so simple? Just when your you average it. woman. Okay. There's really not much to say about that. <laughs> ah, but there's so much more be beneath the surface there. So what motivated <laughs> well, you to do this? Yeah, go ahead, please. Well, as I was going to say, for start, I'm married. I have two kids and I live in Kansas. <laughs> so there's the basic start there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as far as motivation for acting goes, I'll, I don't know. I just love doing it. I just like getting out there and just being someone new for a day or a week or a month, depending on how long the, the film is. So what got you into acting in the first place? Just always wanted to do it growing up. Never had a chance to. Uh, couldn't really do much of it a whole lot uh, when my kids were younger. Uh, but now that they're older, I can actually venture out more and do things uh, like Backwards Bubba, for instance. Uh, going to Virginia was the very first time I traveled completely alone uh, usually I would have my husband or the first time we went to LA without my husband was uh, three years ago, I think it was for Dreaming Purple Neon. And that was for our first premiere or my first premiere. And I went out there with him and a couple actors. Uh, but that was the first time without my husband. So my entire life literally was just revolved around my husband and my kids for the longest time. And then my husband knew that I had an interest in modeling. He knew I had an interest in acting. And he finally said, hey, if you want to do it, just go do it. So I did. <laughs> wow. I mean, you literally grabbed the bull by the horns and you just went out and did it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, uh, horror movies was not the first thing on my mind. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when I got into it, I was just looking, uh, searching for auditions. Uh, but I never in a million years thought that I would be actually in you know, getting snagged into the horror community and stuff, which I think is wonderful because they've been just like the most awesome people I've met. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, but I definitely had no idea that's where I was heading. <laughs> I started out doing a couple of shorts um, for a few people in Kansas City, uh, just getting my feet out there. I tried auditioning for theater in Topeka, but I didn't uh, land any parts in the theater wise, which is fine because I get hired more out doing camera work. So like, well, okay, so maybe that's just where I'm destined to be is on the screen and not on the stage. So that's fine. <laughs> I actually have a lot more fun in it this way. This way I get retakes if I mess up. <laughs> Good way to look at it for sure. <laughs> so it sounds like your expectations of what you wanted to do were different once you actually started to kind of go in there and uh, do it. They were different, but as far as being acting, it's still the same. Like it's, I'm still doing what I achieved to set out to do. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know which direction it was going to go. Um, you know, cause I grew up when I grew up uh, pretty poor. I didn't have hardly anything to our names. I grew up with three sisters uh, before my mom remarried when I was a teenager. 
And we were constantly moving between Kansas and Oklahoma all the time. And we would live at friends' homes, slept on the floor. But we didn't even have our own TV until like maybe a few times we would have one. And then when we did have a TV, like very select channels, <laughs> so very little at times. Uh, and then so when we did get to watch movies, we would rent VHSs from the local library and we watch stuff like Disney or Disney movies mostly. <laughs> but uh, our family movies, because my mom, she, she liked Halloween movies, not necessarily horror, gory stuff that I do now. Like she didn't like that kind of deep, dark stuff for us to watch. But uh, she did like the little kid-friendly Halloween type style movies. So what influence did your childhood experiences have on you today? I mean, how do, how do they influence what you do? I think just the dark, I had a pretty dark childhood. So um, just wanting to not be myself or not wanting to have that lifestyle. Like I just forget that that's who I was when I was younger. So I can have a completely different personality. And I, I like doing that, being able to switch for a while from time to time. Yeah. So that's interesting. And thanks for sharing that. It's not always easy to talk about our childhood, especially when everything's, you know, maybe aren't as bright, as bright as others. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to turn to acting as a way to become a different person? I mean, because a lot of people, unfortunately, struggle with situations when they're growing up, but you've made a conscious effort to pursue acting as a way to sort of become another person as a way to distract. So what made you decide to do that? (laughs) That actually vision was like, before I had kids, of course, Mm -hmm. the dream part of it, you know, always wanted to do that, always wanted to, um, I dabbled a little bit in writing, I didn't really go anywhere with it, I did get a short uh, or diploma in short story writing, and that was my way of escaping different surroundings, going to a new place, after I got diploma, I had my, my first daughter, or my daughter, my only daughter, first kid, and, and I didn't do anything with it after that, just kind of left it in the shambles, you know, just behind me a little bit, as I was taking care of them, had my son, um, I did start dancing uh, as an exotic dancer when my son was a little old, about two, three years old, I think. And I just really like interacting with the, the guests on the stage. And I just like putting on the costumes because when I went in, I went in and my stage name would be Fawn, my middle name. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my mm-hmm. stage name for the longest time, for about 10, 12 years. And when I had to stop dancing because my knees were giving out on me, so but I never wanted to give up that theatrics, if you will. I still liked entertaining people. And I figured, well, if I'm too old for this now, not that I'm too old for it, but my niece that I am, I can still yes. do other stuff for entertainment. So that's when I went back to my childhood dream of wanting to be an actress. That's when I started Googling or even a model. I tried modeling first. Uh, and then I just went, gradually went into the acting, the acting roles after that. Yeah, that's thank you for sharing that. I mean, it sounds like you've had quite the journey in, as you said, entertaining and interacting with people yep. and really putting on that production. When I was a kid, when me and my sisters were younger, like before my mom remarried, uh, <laughs> we would rewatch, when we did get to watch movies, I remember uh, Wizard of Oz was one of our favorites. And me and my sisters would gather around together and we would reenact the Wizard of Oz. I always played the Wicked Witch. Well, my sister's got to play all the other parts, <laughs> and, uh, but I was always directing it with my sister. So cause I was the oldest of all three of them. So I was always directing them and telling them how to do it. And then I went in and do my part. And then as we got older, we watched things like Mel Brooks, uh, Spaceballs, love Mel Brooks. He's like my, I just absolutely love him so much. I would love to meet him one of these days, 
but we watched Spaceballs or Robin Hood Men and Tights. Those were our two favorites as we're kids. And we would reenact those outside in our front yard, just playing different characters from taking turns playing different characters in the movies and stuff. So <laughs> wow. that was that was one of my smaller getaways. So you'll have okay. to forgive me if I don't remember everything that I did as a kid. So it's all right. This isn't uh, <laughs> an opportunity for you to recount every single thing. It was just mm-hmm. more about, you know, what generally were you thinking that drove you toward this? And it sounds like you, I mean, this has been mm-hmm. a part of your life for a long time. So I wonder, of course, as you've done this and you've done, I mean, it sounds like a lot of different things in kind of living out that dream. Um, what's what's uh, been your takeaway as you look back on this over the last, you know, acting in films, dancing, all of that? What's what, you know, what's been your takeaway as you look back? Uh, the experience, the gratis, the satisfaction from the fans who love it. Uh, I know there's, you know, not everybody's gonna like everything you do, but the people sure. who do love it are just they're grateful for it and they love you for it. Um, but it's the experience I'm getting from it. It's getting to meet new people. I love that. Um, and I just love watching how everybody works differently. It's like the most unique thing to see. Like when two roses grow at the same time, they're both going to be different, you know? So, but watching the directors do their own thing. So I work with Todd Sheets mostly. I have worked with a few other directors in the past, um, but, and then I worked with um, Brad, Thomason, sorry, <laughs> Brad Thomason. And he was completely, you know, different from the way Todd works. So getting to work with different directors is just like a really cool thing to watch and how they do everything. And then watching my fellow actors and how they get into their roles is kind of neat to watch too. Yeah. I, you know, and that takes a lot of courage to be able to put yourself in vulnerable situations like that. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a bit about that, right? So not only when you went to Virginia for Backwoods Baba, you was an opportunity to work with Brad as a new director, but also, as you mm-hmm. said, it was a chance to do that on your own. So what, right. was, that lo- what was that like for you to kind of, the, all that experience? You know, that was the that. most scariest oh, wow. experience I had to begin. <laughs> because I, leading up to it, when I got the plane, when he ordered the plane tickets for me, at first I was already nervous just traveling alone. I'm like, okay, I've never been to an airport alone, which I usually go to Kansas City with my husband anyway, so he always helps me find the gates and stuff. So I'm like... I'm going to get lost in this big airport that, cause I have to take, not only do I go on my own, I have to switch planes. I've never had to switch planes before. So I'm like, I'm going to so get lost. I'm going to get on the wrong plane. I just know it. <laughs> so I built up self fear more than, it, than I really needed to, because everybody's mm-hmm. telling me, you can just ask the people that work the flight attendants, ask anybody, anything, and they'll help you out. Like, so. Mm-hmm. And they're right. They were super, super friendly. I really worked myself up in such a frenzy. Like I scared myself so bad <laughs> traveling alone <laughs> yeah. because I really thought I was going to screw up and get, get on a different plane and go someplace completely different. I'm always like, no, <laughs> I would wake up at like three o'clock in the morning going, oh, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You'll end up in Vancouver or some random place like that. So I even worried about the plane crashing i was more worried about getting lost well okay so it sounds like it was a pretty stressful situation for you it was at the start but like i said once i actually experienced it mm-hmm. this coming back home was easier to do so i was like oh, i did it i finally <laughs> did it on my own <laughs> no that's i mean that's fantastic well and you still chose to do it right because you're, you're you always have a choice as a human being yeah. right because you could have been so paralyzed by fear that you decided to stay home and not do it yeah. at all so, you know, part of this show, when I, when I do it, 
uh, the guests have reported that they, they learn things. You know, not the guests, the, the viewers and listeners have reported yeah. they learn things from the guest. So what advice would you have for other people who perhaps are feeling paralyzed by fear? Everybody is so different, of course. Um, support system is always great. My husband's my biggest support system. And when he seen that I was getting, you know, freaked out, he would tell me it's going to be okay. In fact, he did so much that he actually went online to buy a ticket to go with me all the way to Virginia and then turn around and go right back home in one day, just so I could get there. (laughs) But (laughs) I, I told him, I said, you know what, just cancel the ticket. I can do this. So a support system is always helpful. Like if you have somebody you can talk to, they can talk to, especially somebody who's flown alone before they can tell you and give you more of an idea of what you can do. Um, but as far as getting out there, even driving, sometimes I'll have like slight uh, anxiety attacks, just going into a different, like in Kansas city is so big. And there's so many different parts of Kansas city that I tend, if I miss a turn, I start having anxiety attacks. I miss a turn on the GPS or something, but, and then I tell myself, like my husband keeps telling me, don't worry. If you miss a turn, the GPS will still get you there. Just, just follow your, the best you can. You won't get lost. So that is probably my biggest fear is just getting lost. I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I think you bring up a really good point, right? The support system is extremely important. Yes. Not only yes. somebody who's knowledgeable in whatever it is you're trying to do that's new, but somebody that can almost get you out of your own head almost mm-hmm. and sort of just, refocus what you're thinking, especially when you find yourself kind of, again, spiraling out of control in your brain. So it sounds like somebody can help you reset is an important part of that. Mm -hmm. What else stresses you out? Fear of unknown situations. What else do you find kind of gets you a bit fearful? Maybe not knowing my lines like I should. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about that for a second, because for people that have never acted, you know, (laughs) they may not be aware of what that's like. So talk Mm -hmm. about for a minute about that my memory isn't the greatest. Um, I don't know if it's what it has to do with anything. Like um, I dropped out of high school. I couldn't really get through school very much. It's pretty much funking a lot of things. Um, of course, except for creative writing, but but I ultimately ended up dropping out and just, I have trouble maintaining uh, information and stuff. Uh, so trying to figure out math was a big problem when I was growing up like I just couldn't figure it out in fact I did I know this is silly but I didn't learn to count change back to somebody until I was till about 10 years ago 12 years ago maybe no no maybe probably less than that it's when I tried bartending for a little while after I stopped dancing when I retired I started tried bartending and I was really completely nervous again this is where my husband comes in he showed me how it made sense to me because it wasn't making sense to me of how to do it then he took his time and took us a few hours for me to figure it out. But he finally showed it to me in a tour. I actually understood it after that. And it's probably one of my most embarrassing things to, to even mention, because, you know, you, this is something you should know when you're a teenager, but I really never comprehended it. So my comprehension isn't the greatest. And that's one of the things that worries me about uh, memorizing lines. Like, am I going to be able to get this? Am I going to be able to get this? Uh, there for a minute when I was doing Clownado and I had more lines, uh, I looked into natural ways of trying to help you ma- maintain memory. And one of them was eating avocados. And I was like, oh, I hate avocados. <laughs> so, but I went out and I bought a big bag from Sam's Club and I would tear it in half and I would eat it best I could. 
I fried it. I tried everything up to the point where I just could not get past the nasty taste. So finally, I just said, forget it. I want the nutrients. It's a superfood. So I would just mash it up, take a bite and quickly drink some coffee down and didn't even chew it. Wow. Clearly you're dedicated <laughs> there to, to eating avocados. Okay. Well, finally, I then for a minute, I stopped recently for a little while and mm-hmm. then I got back into it again because I, I think it was helping a little. Okay. Just the nutrients alone is good for you anyway. I had a small scare with cancer for a minute. So I started eating it again because again, it's a superfood anyway. So I started eating it. I tried like, okay, I got to try a different way of eating this. So I tried it with some uh, vanilla yogurt and I was surprised. It tastes oh. really good with yogurt. And I was like, I wish I would have tried this before. It's like the best way to eat it. I can actually eat it and enjoy it for once. Right. The taste <laughs> is covered up by the rest of the ingredients yeah. in the smoothie, right? That makes sense. Interesting. Well, I okay. thought frying it with cheese would work, but no. <laughs> hmm. Right. All right. Well, you know, obviously you did a lot of experimentation with that. And I'm glad that you found a uh, solution mm-hmm. that works. Is there avocado in your drink right now as you're drinking that? No, <laughs> it's <laughs> just right. coffee. Just curious. All right. Well, and thanks for sharing that about the about uh, the cognition and the memory part of it, because I'm sure that could be frustrating mm-hmm. and potentially fear inducing as well as you're involved in new situations. Yeah. So. And we're given the we're given the uh, script a pretty, you know, months in advance. So it gives us time to read it, not mm-hmm. only memorize the line, but also gives us time to get into character, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because when you're doing low budget films, you don't have a lot of time to get to know each of the other actors. So you don't get to uh, build chemistry very well. Right. Um, so you have to do the best you can, even on your own. And I don't like my, my husband's not an actor. He doesn't like doing stuff like that. My kids don't like it. And I can barely get my kids to help me with like playing opposite of me. So <laughs> auditions are usually out the door. We'll have to do them alone. So, okay. <laughs> but, oh, where were they going with that? I lost track. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just a matter of like how sometimes you know, dealing with some of those memory issues or cognition mm-hmm. issues could be scary. Yeah. And it, it actually added another layer of complexity to your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then but, if you don't remember it, of course, you're going to lose your character. Yeah, of course. Which impacts the, your ability to perform, which impacts other people's perspective of you and possibly yeah, impacts exactly. other jobs. It's a lot of pressure. So you talked about how you got interested in this in acting as a way to be somebody else, you know, performing. Um, but what gets you out of bed in the morning? What drives you to do what you do, whether it's acting or just anything? What's your, what's your motivation? Uh, life. <laughs> okay. So what does that mean exactly? <laughs> just living it the best that you can as far as just everyday motivation. It's just, I don't know, what can I do today that's adventurous or whatever? What can I get and do to do to get in trouble, basically? Okay. So it sounds like one motivation of yours is to push the envelope. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So why is that important? <laughs> so why is that an important motivation to you? I've always just been outgoing. If I want to do something, I just go out and do it. I guess maybe just to prove to myself that I can do it. I don't know. Okay. Well, you say you mm-hmm. don't know, but yet I think you do know. It sounds like you're, you are driven by proving to yourself that you can do it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty much all it is. So I figured that's just about pretty much anybody's motivation. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't push the envelope every day. There's a lot of people that wake up in the morning and just want to get through the day. But what you're talking about is something a bit more than that. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting motivation. Yeah. It, since I wake up to it every day, I suppose I don't think about it being different. So okay, <laughs> I don't even, fair. don't even think about it. 
just get up and do it. <laughs> no, that's fair. Well, and you mentioned about support system as well. So let's just focus on that for uh, for a minute too. And you mentioned your family. A lot, actually, a lot of our conversation has been focused on your husband your and the, and the rest of your family. What role do they play in your life? Their biggest role, they're my, my family. They come first. If there's uh, something going on that needs to be done and I have uh, to do something, like if I, what I try to do is I schedule around my family. So okay. as soon as I find out that, let's say Todd's getting ready to do his deal. I will tell him before he starts to schedule, my kid has this, my kid has this day, and I have to be here for that. So, or my husband needs this. So I am not available for these days and he will work around my schedule. Him, I can do that with, and most people, as long as you tell them in advance when they come to you to work on something, as long as you tell them enough, plenty of time that, hey, I'm not available this week or that week, it should be fine. Um, just make sure you tell them, you know, ahead of time and not just last minute, because then it's going to be like, well, we're, they're not going to do it or we're going to have to replace you because mm-hmm. it's got to be done. The show must go on. Right. So at that point, if it's too late, they'll say it's just easier to replace you than work around your schedule. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, to be honest, to be real in the low budget movie world, actors and actresses are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. There's. I know that it takes a lot of guts to get in front of the camera and a lot of people are camera shy, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there who really want to get their foot in the door and will do just about anything to do it. So yeah, you got yeah. it ready. You got to have your, your schedules together. You got to know that you want to do it. So yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. some, yeah, if you're unwilling or unable to do it, somebody else is right there ready to yep. do it. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Well, the final question is uh, what do you want people to walk away with after listening to you or viewing you? What do you want people to know about, Dylan Harvey. That I'm just an average woman. Sorry, I just don't, I don't think I have anything to even think about. So okay. <laughs> um, just that I'm goofy, I guess. Okay. I just like to be silly and just do whatever. Talk about that goofiness for a minute. What do you mean by that? If I can think of something to say that would make someone laugh, then I generally would just blurt it out. Hmm. Uh, okay. So an example the other day when I was on set, a few weekends ago, we were, I was actually, uh, we were doing a film, obviously. We were standing outside and we were waiting for Todd to set up. And I was walk, talking with the other girls and we're just, uh, all of us were just uh, playing extras at the time. And uh, I was looking at her and we were talking about, um, the, my, one of my favorite skits is The Oldest Man on Earth. Yes. So, <laughs> or Tim, Tim was, Conway, right? It, that's yes, it. Okay, yes. And <laughs> I was reenacting one of his little skits by walking real slow like this. Yes. Right. <laughs> but back like, like I'm running, but just like little right. teeny tiny steps and I'm going all the way into a lamppost and just knock my head there and just, <laughs> and then I just kept going. Like I'm trying to walk through the lamppost. She was just cracking up. So she goes, that's a very good impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, so, that's <laughs> interesting. That's an interesting motivation. Additional motivation you have is to make people laugh and bring joy in some ways to people's lives. Mm-hmm. So thank I you. Suppose. Yes. No, thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, I do want to thank you, by the way, for this conversation. I know it's only a brief conversation, but it has given some oh, insight okay. into your life. It's, well, it's given some insight into you and what motivates you and a little bit about your history. So that was very much appreciated. So I want to thank you. Well, you know, I've, and I've only done a handful of interviews, so eventually I'll get better at it. And- no, there's no, be- <laughs> there's, no <laughs> it's not, there's no better or worse. It's, this is about you. Every single one of these interviews is about you, where you want to talk about it. So please, it's fine. You did fantastic. Thank, thank you. As long as you're sharing authentically about yourself, then there's nothing wrong with that. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you, Dylan, for taking time to talk today uh, and share a bit about uh, your life. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. All right. And on that note, I want to thank the viewers and listeners for tuning into Brainborough. And on behalf of Dylan Harvey, this is Mark D. Valenti. Have an amazing rest of your day. You just dug deep with Mark D. Do you want more? Follow Mark on Instagram at Valenti Horror and subscribe to the Brain Burrow Podcast. <laughs>